handoff to Jonathan oh. Taylor. Hughes hole. He's at the 30. He's going to go. 10, 5, touchdown. Jonathan Taylor made a man miss the line of scrimmage and then runs it into Pater. And a one-handed INT. Are you kidding me? Kenny Moore. What a play by Naheem Hines. What is going on, Colts Nation? And welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. On with us now, friend of the show. He was on a lot this last offseason talking about the Colts draft. Mr. Ryan Roberts himself from NFLDraftBible.com. Ryan, it's been a minute, man. How have you been? It's exciting that the NFL draft is getting closer and closer with every passing day. But how have you been holding up? Good, man. Good. You know, it's, uh, you know, hopefully it's, we're in the second now straight draft season of the insanity that is the COVID-19 pandemics, trying to figure out, you know, everything working this year with, with all-star cancellations and it, what our pro day is going to look like. No combine in a traditional right. sense, like just trying to figure everything out. Everything's good though. I, I appreciate you having me back on. It's always nice just to talk ball and try to get back to as much normalcy as possible in a very un- still uncertain time, you know? <laughs> Absolutely, man. Yeah. And I know when we, we, I had you on last off season, there was a lot of different needs than the Colts have this season. Obviously the Colts have some really big positions of need that they need to be filled, starting with the quarterback position, left tackles, another one with Costanzo and Phillip rivers retiring. Uh, so my positions of need, I'll just kind of go run through them real fast quarterback, left tackle, potentially a weapon or two on the offense, whether it be tight end wide receiver, maybe one of both. Um, and then on the defense, definitely edge rusher, pass rush, and corner. I want to get your thoughts on where you rank these positions of need. And maybe there's one I didn't mention that you think maybe is a bigger need than a lot of Colts fans are realizing. Where, where would you say your, your top positions of need are for the Indianapolis Colts heading into this 2021 offseason, heading into free agency, and heading into the draft? Yeah, I think quarterback play has to be number one, right? Like if you don't have a quarterback, then you're you know obviously behind the eight ball. I know Philip Rivers did some good things in his lone season there. And obviously after retirement, it's, hey, is it Jacob Eason time? Is there a quarterback on the free agency market or on the trade market that might be an interest? Is there a player in the draft where the Colts currently select that is a possibility? Are they a trade-up candidate? Like there's a lot of questions, but I think it all starts with figuring out the quarterback position moving forward because the, the Colts have put together a very nice roster. You know, Ballard and Reich have something going really nice over there with what they've been able to establish as far as roster development. Uh, just, you know, until you have that quarterback, though, you're not a legit contender. So you need to figure out the quarterback position are. I agree that, you know, you could never have enough pass rushers. Obviously, with DeForest Buckner, given that interior pressure. Now, figuring out defensive end position, edge rushers, the, the you know, I know they play a little bit of a hybrid system a little bit. So they need to find some guys that can win off the edge a ton. Cornerback for me, I, I know that Xavier Rhodes had a pretty nice season for Indianapolis for from my understanding, but I, th- I think, you know, you can also never have enough good cornerbacks figuring out just the depth there. And then I, I think the one really big one is with Anthony Costanzo out now, hey, the offensive line for Indianapolis has been the stalwart, the dependable part that you could talk about from a year-to-year basis with Ryan Kelly and Quentin Nelson and and the rest of the crew, Mark Lewinsky, and it's been a really talented offensive line with Costanzo. Costanzo's been so good for so long now. He's kind of like a forgotten piece. You know, he's not quite the top five left tackles in football, but he was just such a good football player for a long time that you kind of took his presence for granted a little bit. And I think that 
figuring out that position on top of adding a playmaker? What's T.Y. Hilton's long-term future? Can we upgrade the tight end position? I feel like you could. So there's definitely some needs, but I think that, you know, in a free agency period, there's always just going to be this way. We live in an era where guys are moving such so constantly, but when you really look at it, I think the Colts do have a really nice roster, but a couple of those glaring needs, offensive tackle, quarterback, uh, edge rusher, uh, maybe a weapon or two are, are probably on the, on the scope, probably the most important for me. Yeah. I'm curious where you stand before we kind of get into talking about the NFL draft. Where do you stand on left tackle versus pass rusher for the Colts? Because we saw an example of, of both, right? What a, a bad offensive tackle situation and a really, really good edge rusher can do for your franchise. Where do you stand on the need from left tackle to defensive end pass rusher, because there's been fans going back and forth saying left tackle is more important. No, wait, defensive ends more important. Where do you stand on that? I think that there's more ways to, to negate pass rushers from the sense of like, so I, I believe that offenses can attack pass rushers by doing quick game, throwing screens, running draw plays. There's a bunch of different ways to negate them. So I think offensive tackle is more important personally. I, I feel like especially with what's probably going to be a younger quarterback or maybe a Carson Wentz that has had some injuries, I feel like protecting your number one asset, the most important position at quarterback, not only in the NFL, but in all of sports, right? Like quarterback is the most important. So for me, it's always protecting that guy is the most important. It's hard to, it's hard to hide a average to below average left tackle. Like that's very hard thing to do. I think it's just, it's more easy to negate a a good pass rusher comparative to hiding a good left tackle. So for me, I think offensive tackle is more paramount than pass rusher personally. That is is interesting. Um, Derek and I were talking about it. We kind of went the other direction because, you know, you think about, you know, the Colts have four really good starters on their offensive line. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of the, of the thinking, like, you can help that tackle and if he's an average to below average guy. Um, but if you have two tackles that are out, it's a lot harder, obviously. So I right. see it. I definitely understand what you're saying, too. It's just a very interesting argument that definitely isn't over. There'll be different people on different sides. But I just want to get your perspective on that real fast. So, all right. Yeah. So let's move on to the Colts draft. We're just going to talk about the first round here. Indianapolis Colts currently set at pick number 21. There's a lot of options they can do. Some people have talked about potentially trading up. Some people have talked about potentially taking a player there at 21. And some other people have talked about trading down, acquiring more picks and selecting somebody maybe later on in that first round. What are your favorite scenarios potentially and the best prospects if the Colts do draft, wherever the Colts do draft, that you think would make the most sense for where the Colts are as a team going into the 2021 season? I'm curious. I want to hear your thoughts on it. I think if you're staying pack at 21, like if that is your mindset there, I feel like if somebody like a Sam Cosme offensive tackle from Texas falls there, a Jalen Mayfield, even from Michigan, even though he played right tackle at Michigan, I think he has traits to play left tackle uh, in a, in a, you know, in a, just in a bubble there. If, if there's one of those tackles that falls to you that you're comfortable with moving to left tackle on a full-time basis and playing early for you, I feel like you're in a pretty good situation. I'm really interested to see, though, if we – because everybody's predicting, hey, there's going to be four quarterbacks in the top ten potentially, right? But it only takes one quarterback to dip a little bit, and then, hey, maybe we're working into the teens a little bit, 14. Maybe there's somebody sitting there at 15. Like, is there a guy that the Colts would jump up and take? Because I feel like everybody from Mel Kuyper – to Dane Brugler, to Todd McShay even, are predicting a Justin Fields fall a mm. little bit, right? 
So if one of those top four with Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, not Trevor Lawrence isn't going to fall, but one of those other three outside of Trevor, like if they start to dip, I feel like the Colts could be a good candidate to pop up. Cause mm-hmm. if after those top four, I know there's going to be some people out there that are going to say, stay at 20 something, maybe trade back and then take a Mac Jones from Alabama. For yep. me, that is, I, I wouldn't do that. I mean, very, very honestly, if, if, if that's your target there and you need a quarterback at 21, I feel like you have to be a move up candidate. If you're comfortable with a stopgap option for a year at quarterback and maybe in the second or third round, you could take like a Davis Mills from Stanford, the quarterback, I would be much more proponent to that happening. So I think if, if you're sticking at 21 offensive tackle, one of the best that, that are available there, maybe a move back. If you just want to maybe uh, if you want to solidify the cornerback or one of those late, late round edge rushers. But for me, it's, up for quarterback or sitting tight for offensive tackle in a perfect world. Mm. Yeah. I'm curious. Like you mentioned trading up potentially for one of these guys, where would you be comfortable trading up if you're the Indianapolis Colts? Because like there are some teams beyond maybe the jets and like, there's a, there's a good chunk in between there of teams that don't necessarily need a quarterback, right? Like the Bengals, you think of the Falcons, maybe even one. Um, Where do you think the Colts could potentially trade up? maybe in that top 10 and get one of their guys, if a Zach Wilson or a, you know, one of those guys is still available, where would you think that would be a potentially a good trade part trade partner, excuse me, for the Colts if they wanted to trade up and get their guy at quarterback? Well, I, I think that the one team that stands out to me that you have to get up in front of is New England Patriots at 15. They're the ones that I'm looking at. And I'm just saying like, that is a team that you're expecting to be heavy in the quarterback market. Could they be a team that trade up potentially? I think it's always possible. When you look at the top 10, though, specifically, like you said, Cincinnati Bengals need a quarterback. The Eagles are a potential team for a quarterback. I think that the, to really make sure that we have a quarter, I think trying to get in front of the Carolina Panthers is the, mm-hmm. the spot for me. The Detroit Lions just traded – uh, Matt Stafford, but they did get Jared Goff in return. So I don't think that they're going to be in a, in a market. So if you're really have your guy and you need to get him up in front of a Carolina Panthers that are picking up, a, I think a pick eight, I think Detroit Lions might be a good trade back candidate because Detroit Lions have a lot of holes. They could use the draft capital. They don't need to pick somebody at number seven. They need to move back because they have so many holes. They could pick almost anything. They're a team that if you're drafting based, based off a need, there's plenty of needs to go around. So, they, you know, no matter where you are in that first round, they could do it. Um, but just off the top of my head, I would say, you know, you definitely have to get in front of New England at 15. But in a per, in, in the right world, if there's a guy that you really need, I think jumping up for Carolina, in front of Carolina is a necessity because they are, I think, sure. are, are an easy quarterback candidate. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that if you have your guy be as aggressive as possible because this Indianapolis Colts team, in my opinion, does have a winning window open right now. They have a good roster, even with the offensive tackle position, cornerback, maybe like there's some positions that we, you know, we've talked about that they definitely need to upgrade, but as long as you get the quarterback of the future and a quarterback that can take you to that next level, I think that this roster is built really well. And I trust Chris Ballard and I trust Frank Wright to coach him up. And I, I think that they have a great future for me, get in front of Carolina if you really want a quarterback. Yeah. Do any of these quarterbacks stand out to you that you think would be obviously they're all talented guys there. Any of these guys do you think particularly would be a really good fit with this Frank Reich offense? I, I think that um Frank Reich's offense is so quarterback friendly. I would say like immediately day one, probably Zach Wilson would be like the guy that goes in and is the most acquainted to playing in the NFL. He probably gives you the most boost early. 
Uh, but for me, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, they're kind of like more guys that you need to put on the back burner a little bit. You know, Trey Lance, obviously only playing in a year and one game on the FCS level. He's not ready to really contribute a ton. Justin Fields, although people will, you know, push back on me about this, I think Justin Fields is a guy that needs to sit a little bit. He's still an inexperienced quarterback. He's only started a year and a half in college. He is not the the, the easy transition quarterback that people act like he is sometimes. So I think that all three could fit uh, for for Indianapolis's winning window, it really depends on like, hey, we really need the boost immediately. Zach Wilson might be that guy that gives you that immediate jump. But if you're patient and you can find some type of stopgap option that gives you an opportunity to make the playoffs, at least in 2021, I feel like Trey Lance or Justin Fields are both guys that long term are really going to pay off a lot more than Zach Wilson will. Mm. What would it take, do you think, to trade up to get one of those guys? Because I've heard a lot of different stuff like and I think personally, you're going to have to give away a ton of draft capital to get up there. Do you have a thought of what you think it would take to get one of those guys potentially top 10? Yeah. Getting all the way up to seven's big jump. Obviously that's 14 picks, you know? Um, Mm. So I would say you're giving up at least two firsts, maybe two, two day, two picks, and then a a day three pick. Like it's going to be a haul. It's absolutely going to be a haul. And at that point it's art. Is that worth it? Right? Like is it, are one of those quarterbacks worth it? Is it worth it to make that type of, push for a quarterback when you could still be potentially in a trade market for lesser, like Carson Wentz is going to cost a lot less than getting up that high in the draft. Right. Uh, even, I don't know if Sam Darnold is a guy that Indianapolis is, is interested in at all, but he's obviously going to be way cheaper than that as well. And he still has some potential in my opinion, but I think that it, you're looking at least two first, probably two day, two picks and, and a day three, like it's going to definitely be going to be a haul because jumping 14 picks is huge. I think in the perfect world for Indianapolis though, it's, Hey, one of these quarterbacks has a really a really a, a unpredictable slide and they're starting to hit into the teens. And then you just had to jump in front of new England. That for me is, is like, cause then you're talking about a lot less draft capital. You're talking about like seven or eight picks opposed to, you know, the, the 14 pick jump, which is absolutely notable. And it's a huge, huge, huge jump to say the least. Yeah, for sure. I'm definitely to that point too, where I'm like, it's going to cost you a ton. So you, you better fall in love with one of these guys. If you're giving up that much draft capital, I definitely agree with you there. Um, Last thing I wanted to talk about, you mentioned trading back um, for maybe, you know, a pass rusher, another offensive tackle, a corner, one of those positions of need. Who are some guys you potentially could see the Colts, maybe if they trade back a few picks, get another couple picks there? Who are some guys potentially that could be sitting there at the end of the first round that you think could potentially be on the Colts radar? Yeah, I think if you're trading back, then, I mean, I I think that Sam Cosby, again, I talked about him a little bit, maybe at pick 21. He's a guy that I feel like it's kind of all over the place as far as opinion. So he could be a guy that's potentially back a few spots anyway. And I think that he could be a starting left tackle for the Colts potentially very early. Jalen Mayfield's another guy that I mentioned who is uh, right tackle of Michigan, but I think that he has all the traits to play left. So I don't think he's exclusively a right tackle. A lot of people like Dylan Radins from North Dakota state who has a lot of experience at left tackle. Who's a little bit of a technician, Nothing flashy about him, but he's very talented. And then my personal favorite offensive tackle in the group that I think has the most upside is Spencer Brown from Northern Iowa. Now he is a little raw because he didn't play in 2020. He just went down to the senior bowl because his his season got delayed into the spring. And he played right tackle at Northern Iowa. When you look at him, 6'8", athletic, he looks the part of a left tackle. I think that he could definitely play that spot. Cornerbacks, I'm a big fan of Eric Stokes from Georgia. I think that he would fit the system very well. 
um, in Indianapolis. I, I feel like he could, he could be a guy that could play both zone and man and do a lot of nice things, kind of a coverage ver, ver, uh, versatile player would be a nice fit. And then any of those pass rushers, because what we're looking at from this offensive tackle and the defensive end group, pass rushing group, edge group, is it's not a great first round group. Like there's Penny Soul from Oregon who's going to go in the top 10. There's a couple pass rushers like Aziz Ojolari from Georgia who could go that high and uh, maybe a guy like a Quiddy Pay or a Greg Rousseau. But what really is the depth of this class is late first and then into day two. Like there's so many good pass rushers and they're not a guy that you're going to say like top 15 I'm willing to take, but Hey, maybe a Jason Oway from Penn state. Um, there's, there's a ton of guys that you just think about and you think that they fit really well, potentially late in that first round. Um, that pass rushing group is extremely talented. Oway is kind of the first guy that pops out to me because I think that he's a guy that's going to fall a little bit just because he doesn't have a ton of film, but I think he's exceptionally talented. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, I mean, even guys like Jalen Phillips from UCLA, uh, UCLA transfer that went over to Miami for his last year. He's a guy that has some recurring issues with uh, concussions in his past at UCLA. So like, could he drop to the end of the first round? He's a great value, very talented pass rusher. Joe Tryon, maybe from Washington. I'm not quite sold in the first round height, but I think that he definitely has a ton of talent as a pass rusher. And then Joseph Basai from, from Texas, who's kind of a do everything, not really like a high volume sack guy, but he really fits that kind of like a Brian Arakpo mold as far as like being a really powerful edge rusher, but then giving you some juice off the edge as well in spurts. So I think there's a ton of options there in the late first round offensive tackle corner and defensive end. I think that you can really get a good player. And, and I, if you're not sold to one of those quarterbacks moving up, I think that that might be the best option for Indy. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this was good. Good conversation, man. I appreciate you coming on before I let you go. Why don't you tell uh, our listeners where they can find you, find your work and, and all that good stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. It, like, uh, like Cody said earlier, we're fr- we're right into draft season now. So a lot of content going out. Uh, NFL Draft Bible just moved over to the Sports Illustrate label, part of Fan Nation. So you can find us at um, si.com backslash NFL backslash draft for all the content the team's putting out. We're putting out mock drafts every week. We're putting out team-specific mock drafts. We're putting out uh, featured pieces, reaction pieces. There's a lot of great content coming out. You can find me at Rise, the letter N, draft on Twitter, Rise and Draft. Everything that we're doing, I retweet. I post it out there pretty pretty frequently. I have a lot of good things happening in NFL Draft Bible and appreciate all the support that everyone gives out there. Absolutely, man. Well, yeah, it's going to be an exciting offseason, whatever the Colts do. Um, there's going to be a lot of options for them, so I'm excited to see, man. Hopefully, maybe some of our predictions come true um, come draft time. So, all righty, man. Well, you take care. Thank you so much for coming on, and uh, I'm excited, man, for this offseason. Absolutely, Cody. Appreciate you again for having me on. Absolutely. Take care.